So the big question is this, how do investors like us get access to the ideas, information, and most importantly, the right people that give us the tools and information we need to make informed and educated decisions to have success? That is the question, and this podcast will give us the answers. This is Mark Moss, your host. Let's get this started. Welcome to another episode of the Market Disruptors podcast, and I am super excited to announce our guest today, Kiana Daniel, and she is from Investing Divas, as well as she's written the new book, Cryptocurrency Investing for Dummies. She's been all over the news promoting this, and we have her here live. We're going to ask her all the questions. She has an amazing and fascinating background, having lived in three different countries, and she really brings a whole new perspective to Bitcoin and the blockchain and investing into it. And you got to stay tuned because she's going to give us our biggest tips for investing in the space. So I'm super excited. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Market Disruptors podcast. Today, we are joined with Kiana Danielle, who is an amazing, fascinating guest. She has a she has a kind of a long way around that she got into the investing space, into Wall Street. And uh, I'm super happy to have her today. We're going to learn a lot. So uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. So um, for everybody who uh, isn't familiar, you, uh, you're kind of all over the news lately. You have a book that you've recently come out with, uh, Cryptocurrency Investing for Dummies. And I've yep. seen you promoting that all over the place. We'll talk about that. Yep, there we go. Cryptocurrency Investing for Dummies. And then you also have the Invest Diva brand, um, where you also teach a lot about investing into all different types of markets and so forth. Um, so I want to talk about both of those. But Tell us, for everybody listening who doesn't know about the book and Investiva, tell us about who you are and how you got to where you are right now. Oh my God, that's a very, very long story. Let, let's <laughs> make it short. Start? Uh, so so, I'm not a, let, let's start with actually where I started because I, I think that is... Let's, I, let's start with uh, you were in Japan going to school. Right. <laughs> that's the weirdest part. So um, yeah, I, I wasn't even born in the U.S. I went to Japan to study electrical engineering. It has nothing to do with investing. Or where were you born? I was born in Iran. I'm Persian. You were born in Iran. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so I got a scholarship to go study there, and uh, I wasn't planning to stay there for long, actually. But I kind of went there. The first six months was awesome. Like, oh my god, this is so cool. So I decided to stay and study for six years. Um, but to, I was always the only girl in my class and it was cool at the beginning. I thought I'm going to get hit on a lot, but I didn't. It was like geeky Japanese guys, engineers. <laughs> Nobody was even. So anyways, it was kind of tough really to study engineering in Japanese. And I was constantly looking for a way out of it. And then 2008 market crash happened. I had no idea about the markets, what financial crisis mean, who Lehman Brothers are. Like I had literally zero understanding of the financial markets. But all I could hear was that the U.S. dollar is dropping. And I'm like, okay, so I'm in Japan. I have Japanese yen. And the U.S. dollar is dropping. My family's in the U.S. Maybe I should buy the U.S. dollar at the cheaper price. So I was like, oh, this is cool. So maybe I should do that. And I bought a tiny bit of U.S. dollar. I converted a little bit of it at the beginning. It was like uh, July 2008. And then the next day I went to the ATM machine. The dollar was even lower. I'm like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have, like, exchange yesterday today's even lower and every day i went to the atm machine it was even going lower and lower and lower i was like what how can i automate this like i want to like buy you so at the bottom like what do i do and adam nor like one of my friends was like hey like you can trade forex and even like use leverage and this that and that i was like what are you talking about it's like just trust him so he basically created a forex account for me 
uh, we shorted dollar dollar yen, and we had like this a uh, profit taking limit order with 14 time leverage. I had no idea what happened, but within a month I made $10,000 and I'm like, Oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, a, that's how I was like, okay, I want to really get into this. And, um, so at that, at that point, that was your first, uh, you're an engineer, you're in Japan. You're, that was your first step into investing, but you had somebody there, I guess, mentoring you. It sounds like. So this was just a friend to help me out. But that was enough for me to kind of trigger the interest in investing. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should like invest. So I started learning about it, but it was so tough that I was like, maybe I shouldn't do it myself. Maybe I should get a money manager to do it for so me. So this, pers this person that helped you and knew about the Forex markets and knew about leverage, they knew enough to point you in the right direction, but not really enough to help you. They, that was just a friend helping me out. He, he, does, he, does, he didn't want to like, teach me how to like we just talked about it once okay we set up an account and that was it they just pointed you in the right direction and you had yeah, enough drive just to go i still didn't know what's happening i, I still didn't know exactly how i made the ten thousand dollars like oh but this is cool right but it was kind of complicated that i was like okay, maybe i should just hire a money, money manager to do this for me and that's what i did and i hired somebody i don't know this was called friends provident from the uk in japan i don't know anyways the guy completely scammed me, ran away with my money. And that was enough for me. I was like, okay, this shouldn't be that hard. I probably can't learn it. So I just quit everything in Japan. I was like, I'm going to Wall Street. <laughs> so I came to the US. I started working on, I, I got a job on Wall Street within two weeks of my arrival. And that's how I really started learning about how this whole thing works. And that is like 10 years ago. So was that a job on Wall Street? Yep. Wow. And I actually had multiple... So this one, and that this one was at a broker actually. Okay. That was also doing shady stuff. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I was learning all about the back things, like this, you know, really horrible things that they were doing. That broker doesn't exist anymore. Um, but um, so then that is how I decided to, I learned about what's happening and how to invest. But I also learned how many people are losing money because of the shady things that are going down. So that's how I kind of became passionate about educating people who were like me, who wanted to invest, didn't know where to start and had started and were losing money. Because that is how I realized the first time I made money in Forex, I really got lucky. It was like pure luck that I made money. Right. Um, but I didn't want like other people to make mistakes and like just depending on luck. So that's how I started Investiva with the mission to really educate people about investing. So I started with Forex and I expanded to stock market and options futures. And then of course I was kind of delayed to crypto. Uh, but in uh, 2016, that is when I got into crypto and uh, I got really, it, that was super exciting for me. So that's how I just, you know, went down the <laughs> rabbit hole and yeah. Uh, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, I love this story because I love how you you left at, uh, Iran, your country where you live, to go to Japan, like another whole other country. And then, uh, you know, you saw some opportunity, you took it, someone pointed you the right direction, but then you had enough drive to say, well, I'm going to get up and I'm going to leave and I'm going to go somewhere else. And so you've really been pushing that. So I love that. Um, it's easy for people to have these excuses as to why they can't do things or all these reasons that hold them back. But uh, you don't, you don't seem to have those, uh, those. Well, that's the thing. I think once you do it once. So for example, going to Japan was a big deal. 
I went there and I survived. So now because you have this experience on your backpack, then the next time you're starting over, I think it kind of gives you an edge. It, it becomes easier every time you want to start over your, or reinvent yourself. It becomes easier than the first time. The very first time is always the hardest time. Right. But after that, it's just, you know, okay, I did it before. I can do it now. I have more experience, right? And even would if I say, fail. Would you say that also applies to investing? So you started with Forex, and now once I'm in Forex, then it's easy for me to jump into. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, not so Forex, I actually realized after a while that it is not suitable for my personality. Because I'm a little bit more risk averse. I don't like to take as much risk as if day trader really requires to have. Um, so that's how I expanded to stocks. And like, if I learn Forex, I can obviously learn stocks. And when it comes to crypto, uh, I was actually originally a skeptic of Bitcoin. In 2011, one of my friends told me to buy Bitcoin. And I was like, nah. That's too risky. <laughs> and then in 2016, a company in the UK asked me to do research analysis for blockchain crypto. I'm like, I have no idea about it. They're like, just do it. So I did it. And yeah, like, because again, so it was like, maybe I can learn about it. So I learned about it. I was, my mind was blown away. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I got to get into this. And uh, that's how I just really, yeah. It, so I'm relative, I'm really new to crypto and blockchain, but I'm, um, Probably because well, every, every, everybody, everybody's new, right? <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, I know. The bowl was worse than like 10 years. So, so yeah. when did you, uh, when did you make the shift to start the education piece to help people out? When did you start Invest Diva? Uh, I guess. So that was, that was a long time. That was 2012. Okay. So it started with Forex, published a book on foreign exchange. So that's, here you can see it there we go <laughs> and okay. there actually that's the second edition that's the first edition over there and uh then started to make this shift to stocks around 2015 and i became a certified financial planner all this stuff that like, i really started focusing on risk management start uh um, ask good things and expanded the education that i was offering to risk management and how to become your own financial planner just because I was burned by that money manager. So it was like, you should become your own money manager. Why hire somebody else? Um, and, and I mean, even if you're like following a guru who's giving you strategies, it's always important to understand your own risk tolerance so that you can apply those strategies to your own portfolio, right? Because I think everybody is kind of different. Like you can't, so you have low, medium, and then I know you guys, with the, the uh, strategy that you offer also have like all these different kind of, yeah, let's, and that's perfect. Yeah, let's talk about that risk management. All right, so getting into um, risk management for a little bit, which is super important. I mean, uh, when you lose your money, you're out of the game, right? So you have to stay in it. What do you? What, what would be a couple tips that you could give somebody for practicing good risk management? So the first thing is actually really knowing your risk, risk tolerance, and that is that has two components: it's your willingness to risk and your ability to risk. A lot of people, when we talk about risk, risk tolerance, are like, okay, well. I am, I'm a risk taker. I'm like, okay, you might be a risk taker, but look at your portfolio, look at your assets. Can you actually take the risk or not? And it sounds kind of intuitive, like everybody should know about, but when it comes to investing, because a lot of people are getting into it to get rich quick, they kind of forget about it. And they think, okay, if I have high enough risk tolerance, you got to take risks to make a lot of money. So this mantra has been going around the internet for a while. And yes, while you should take risk if you want to make money, but you shouldn't take more risk than you can afford. 
And that is when you have to really sit down, calculate your risk tolerance. It's like a very simple questionnaire that you have to go through. And uh, I, I mean, you can go to a financial planner, but you can also do it yourself. Um, it's a bunch of stuff you put in your assets, put in your liabilities, whatever that you have, your financial goals, your age, your family situation, all these things that is unique to you to create a risk tolerance that is really unique to you. And that way you can go ahead and pick and choose the strategies that are suitable to your time frame, to your risk tolerance, and you know, just sit on it. Because um, if, if you don't know your risk tolerance, you're basically gambling and uh, it could really hurt you in the, in the long run. Yeah, I see, you know, especially with the cryptocurrency boom, like you said, a lot of people jumping in to get rich quick. And I've seen so many people through 2018 saying that they're wrecked, right? That, that kind of phrase, R-E-K-T, wrecked was coming out. And I, I was thinking to myself, like, nobody should ever get wrecked. Like, maybe you lose a little bit of money, but why is anybody getting wrecked? And I think it's just because they didn't understand um, how, to, how, to, how to manage that. And really, I think it all comes down to just asset allocation, right? 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because like right now, let's say like my stock portfolio, I'm deeply in the red at the moment. I took profit, partial profit at the peak, but I'm holding the rest of it long term. But you know what? I don't care because this is the money I can afford to lose. And it's in the red. I'm buying more. I have the, I have the ability to buy more at the lower prices. And everybody should be the same. Like you should, be, you should not be panicking. You should not put yourself in the position that you panic when the markets go down. If you're panicking, that means that you are not using the money you can afford to lose and that you, you, sh you should invest in something else or maybe you should invest smaller and grow gradually. Um, so you sh really should understand the basics of your situation before jumping in. Yeah, that's one of the worst things that you can run into where you panic, right? And so um, when you have too much invested or too much of your allocation in one position, it makes you think makes you do things you shouldn't be doing. So if I had put just a small rational amount in, then I can make rational decisions. Um, you know, if you put $500 into a cryptocurrency position and it drops to $300, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, you know, versus if it's $50 million. dollars, um, and, and it causes you to do things that you shouldn't be doing. So it's, uh, it's interesting and, and something I highly recommend is risk management. Now, um, I find something else interesting again, like, so you've moved from Iran to uh, Japan to the US, you said it's not that hard once you do it. Um, when you first started looking at cryptocurrencies, um, something really caught your eye. When you first started looking at um, cryptocurrency, you looked at the blockchain, you looked at the technology, and I guess as an engineer that kind of caught your eye? Yeah, so the blockchain technology, the technology behind it to me sounds revolutionary and I do believe that it's, it obviously goes beyond cryptocurrency and everything is probably going to move in onto blockchain eventually. So that was the first thing. And then as I uh, dug deeper into cryptocurrency aspect of it, so this is what really haunted me. So, you know, I'm from Iran, right? And uh, so my dad, before the Iran revolution, I don't know if your audience remember what happened in 1979, there was this massive revolution in Iran where the Shah collapsed and the new regime, the Mullahs came over and now Iran is this enemy of the US, right? So before this revolution, my dad was this incredibly successful CEO of a construction company was building helipads and airports and this and that. He, he used to work directly with the Shah. And uh, well, we were like one of the fortunate people in Iran, basically. And when the uh, revolution happened, the new regime took over my company's dad. And my, how many is that? My dad's company <laughs> took over all of his assets, everything that he owned, 
and froze his bank account. And I couldn't help but think that if my dad had his assets in crypto, the government would not be able, would not have been able to freeze his freeze account and I wouldn't grow up in poverty basically right. in Iran because that's where my dad fell into. He fell all the way down to zero, below zero. And the government wanted to execute him and all these kind of stuff. But so cryptocurrency literally would have solved our problem. Like if our ha even half of our assets were in crypto, a, a, a government like Iran would not have been uh, able to have its hands on it. So that is something to me that I think in the U.S. it's hard to relate to because no matter what your position is with the U.S. government, you still have some sort of trust that the government is not going to freeze your account tomorrow. You might have political opinions, but you still have that trust somewhat, right? So, um, and the people who don't, then they should consider <laughs> cryptocurrency because that literally is what it does. It takes the third party government out of the equation. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I hear that all the time from people inside the US and they, they're not afraid of those types of things happening. Um, but I say, this is global. And this thing, this type of thing does happen all the time in other countries. And so having somebody like you from a, from an area that has been affected from that, it's an amazing viewpoint to have. And, um, you know, it's like insurance, you hope you don't need it, but when you do need it, you're glad that you have it. And so, um, what's interesting though, is, is I am from the United States and that was the exact thing that got me interested in Bitcoin as well. So I had heard about it for a long time. In 2015, I was looking at setting up, it was after the financial crash, and I was looking at trying to get like some uh, offshore corporations set up for offshore banking. So I figured, why have all my money in one country? Why not at least put some in Singapore, some in Panama, et cetera? And then I learned about Bitcoin, and I'm like, that's exactly the same thing. And so I did that. And then, of course, as I learned more, but it was really that, that sovereignty, that sovereign banking, like you said. And really, I think that's what the whole revolution's about. It's uh, the ability to hold our wealth, our value, and transfer it without having somebody interfere. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing for me. And I can see in countries, I mean, obviously beyond the U.S., but uh, I mean, you would think that, I don't know, Japan is stable or Switzerland is stable, but history shows that over and over again, none of these companies are going to be in power for a extended period of time. So I think the biggest bet, the best that you can take is to, if you, if you want, if you're considering your family's future for generations to come, crypto is the way to go. Now let's get back into um, Investiva a little bit and your, and your book. So, uh, well, maybe let's talk about the book. So the uh, cryptocurrency investing for dummies, um, I'm guessing that's available anywhere. It's easy to pick up there. We have a copy of it. Uh, yeah, you can get it anywhere. You can get it anywhere. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. You can pay for it, but because I'm actually really passionate about educating people. And I think for crypto to become mainstream, people have to trust in the whole system and the trust is only going to appear uh, based on education. And in the book, I really have put my heart and soul into it to make everything crystal clear. It says cryptocurrency investing for your dummies, but I, talk about blockchain, mining, other kinds of investing, diversification, risk management, literally everything you need to know in order to get into it. And because I'm so passionate about it and because I'm not going to make that much money out of selling books anyway, I'm giving the book for free on my website. I mean, you got uh, you to pay the shipping fee, but still it's going to be much cheaper than buying it, uh, $26.99 on Amazon. 
So um, if you go to investive.com, you're going to be able to get the book for free. So um, and I definitely recommend it. Uh, people have read it. They've been impressed. And the book actually has been able to change the minds of some of the people who were um, naysayers. So I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah. Awesome. Good job. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll go ahead and uh, make sure we put a link to the, in the show notes for, uh, for a copy of that book. Now, as, a, as, an, as an educator, and you educate in Forex and stocks and cryptos and everything, so you're not just like pushing cryptocurrency, but really you're trying to push this education of investing, uh, which I love and I want to get behind because I believe that investing is really the only way to get ahead, right? We have to live on less than we earn so we can save and invest. Now, um, what would you give as advice to um, somebody for investing broadly? Um, again, this goes through risk management and your risk tolerance. Um, yes. Uh, so I'm a big fan of diversification in general, and uh, I, I've been following the markets, and I, I don't follow each and every market. For example, I don't personally invest in futures or options. Like I, I try to keep it to what I know, but I still diversify a little bit. And I think uh, you, you start, like if your risk tolerance is high, medium, or low, you start with, with whatever your comfort zone is at, and you go up the ladder. To me, for example, stock is the lowest part of risk taking. Cryptocurrency is kind of the same level as stocks for me at this point, and Forex is way up here. So um, when, no matter what, when you're getting started, first again, go, Find out a risk, a risk tolerance, and then start with the money you can burn in the backyard. And third, start diversifying with rele relevant to your risk tolerance and keep on adding to it. And like put a little bit of your savings every month automatically going to your broker's account, your exchange, and, and start accumulating. Because I love that um, uh, analysis that you put out uh, on Twitter the other day that if you bought Bitcoin every single day since the bubble, it would, uh, you would still be in the positive. Like that is literally what you should be doing. You should allocate a little bit of money, investing money every month that you can afford to lose and then spread it and diversify it. And even within cryptocurrencies, you can diversify it within cryptocurrency categories. You can diversify it within other financial assets. You can diversify. So there's so many different ways to do it. And you can just do it gradually. It's not a rich, get rich quick scheme. It's, it's patience and it's knowledge, I think, that, that will get you to where you want to be. Yeah, one piece that you didn't say, but we picked up from your story, I think, is that um, also take it into your own control, right? It's, it's important. It's, it's your money. And like you, you know, you had someone kind of point you in the right direction. You realized you got a little bit lucky, but then you really went out on your own to figure this thing out, even moving to New York. And so uh, for anybody else who's like paying attention and listening right now, um, really, you know, get in, uh, like she's saying, make these commitments and look at your risk, but like really think about what you're doing, really try to learn, really try to add to your knowledge. Right? I think that's a, that's a really big piece. Yeah, that is a very good point. And I actually do want to stress that because I mean, there are financial planners, money managers out there who may or may not be in it, for your sake, majority of times they're in it for the sake of their own commission fees. Right. And they might point you to something that may not be really suitable to your portfolio, but it's good for them in terms of commissions that they're going to earn and their partnerships with whatever company that they're pushing. So it is very, very important, in my opinion, that you take things in your hands. It's not rocket science, really. And with just a little bit of education, you're going to get there and you're going to be the master of your own wealth.
and you're going to be able to keep up with it and you're not going to pay commission fees to people that don't aren't don't deserve it right, right. yeah good stuff all right good well um where can people keep up with you to learn more um you can follow me across social media uh i got twitter at kiana danielle invest at and at investiva at kiana danielle is a little bit more personal i got instagram where i share photos of my daughter and i've got facebook but more uh more importantly i actually do have a youtube channel that we're starting and launching a new youtube series to educate people about blockchain and cryptocurrency industry it is called diva on the block but it is again the handle name is investiva so definitely check it out and hopefully i can have you on uh the series as well because you're somebody that who's really dedicated to the to the industry and i think my audience could also benefit from having you and hearing your opinion yeah, I like that name. That's a good name. <laughs> Diva on the block. Cool. All right. We'll make sure to put uh, notes or uh, links in the show notes for that. And uh, Kiana, we appreciate you uh, taking the time. And uh, thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Hey, if you like this episode of the Market Disruptors podcast, please help us take this to the top of the podcast charts. Just please do me a favor and rate, review, and subscribe. Taking 15 seconds to just leave a quick review goes a long way in helping us reach more people and disrupt more markets. I really appreciate you listening, and I'll see you next time on the Market Disruptors podcast.